The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Let's get it. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. It is Thursday, March 31st, 2022. Y'all know what it is, baby. Wake y'all ass up with your boy Ray G brought to you by Prize Picks. That's right, 100% deposit match up to $100. When you put in the promo code, wake up, use the link in the description. We got a newsletter dropping on Friday. It's free 99. That's in the description. Subscribe to the podcast feed. Hit the like button, thumbs up, engage in the comments for the algorithm. It's Thursday, last show of the week. I see Jasmine has already started with the shenanigans. I don't even care. It's Thursday. Say what you want. Do what you want. I don't give a damn. Let's have a damn good Thursday. Jay Rich, what's happening, baby? I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, like you said, the chat is uh, out of pocket early this morning. So that's just another Thursday for us. But, you know, it's the end of the month. We can have some fun end of the week. Yeah. So a lot of good things coming. And then draft draft month, man. It's going to be it's gonna be fun. But this show is going to be eye-opening for a lot of people. We did this rookie <laughs> mock yesterday, and I don't even need to bury the lead. Like, it was ugly. Like, it was ugly. You know, yeah. I don't know if you want to get into the news first real quick. Yeah, with let's, Bruce yeah, Arians, yeah, 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 let's hit the news aside. real quick. Let's hit the news real quick. Hit the news real quick. All right, so Tampa Bay Buccaneers, former head coach Bruce Arians stepped aside. I believe he's stepping into the front office. They didn't really say exactly what his role will be. And right. the uh, I believe it was the D.C., right, the defensive coordinator, Todd Bowles, was the one who yep. was promoted to head coach over who we kind of presumed it would be in uh, Byron Leftwich. And so the biggest thing for me, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, is that it doesn't change a lot for fantasy, right? It, it though The head coaching decisions and those small things are, you know, in the 3%, the, the end late game situations, things that don't really change us for fantasy. So I'm not overly worried about who the head coach is in Tampa Bay. We may see some more freedom from Byron Leftwich to change things up. We know that they were really running an air raid Bruce Arian style of offense. Maybe they change up a bit, but I'm not overly concerned. Ray, are you worried at all about Todd Bowles being the head coach versus Byron Leftwich and Bruce Arians ultimately stepping aside as the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Nah, we thought about it. Like, we talked about it yesterday. Just like, you know, why didn't they make Byron Leftwich the head coach? But you made a good point. Uh, Bowles has the experience doing it. it nothing really changes. Um, Bruce Arians, awesome coach. Uh, heard a lot of people who know him in the industry, in the in the coaching world say he's a really good guy uh steps into a front front office role she's interesting i wonder if if this is something tom brady knew uh with his return to tampa bay uh i i don't know if it really affects or impacts much we talked about maybe 
you know, late games, you know, Bowles being a defensive-minded coach, Arians going for it on fourth down, you know, will we see maybe a more uh, run-heavy offense? I, I, I don't know, man. You know, I think Bowles and Brian Leftwich will put their spin on it. Um, but ultimately, whatever Tom Brady wants to run is probably what they're going to do. So um, I don't think it. Hundred percent. I, I, I don't think it really it matters from a fantasy perspective. But it was kind of uh, we didn't have any news this week really of of relevance. So there there we go. We had uh, some shocking news because it sort of did come out of left field, you know. Yeah, and I think there was a report actually that Tom Brady was aware, and it kind of it wasn't a coincidence, but he kind of knew that potentially Bruce Arians was going to step down. And you know, we'd even been hearing the reports before Brady retired, so I'm not entirely surprised. And and maybe down the line we get a second Tom Brady ESPN doc where he talks about how you know there was some contention there, whatever the case may be. I don't I don't really know how it's going to play out, but. It's interesting to kind of see because, like you said, they're they're trying to run it back, right? They're trying to win a championship. They already did one with Bruce Arians, so for him to step aside now and for them to bring in a new coach, how does that impact some of the smaller decisions? We're going to find out. But overall, for fantasy football in the macro space, I'm not overly concerned. Yeah, man. Uh, dope. Shout out to Bruce Arians. Um, if, in case he yeah. watches the Wake Up Show, you never, know, you never know. BA may be checking us out, but uh, I, I think ultimately. Tampa Bay will be fine. They'll press forward with Bowles and Byron Leftwich, and somebody else will step up and B.A. still in the building. Um, appreciate everybody joining in today. Got 156 of y'all. I see Eric, our girl Joe, Corey in the building, Mike, A, Andrew, J. Peters always here. Corey's in the building. Jazz, Tyler, Terrence, Marlon, Tyler O, uh, Lindsey Mack in the building, Rojo Fish, Ricardo. We appreciate y'all tapping in this morning. But, yeah, we, uh, we've got a wild uh, – I mean – Honestly, Jay and I talked about this. Like, we were first going to crowdsource this mock with everybody that's in the Destination Devi Discord. I think over 840 people in our Discord channel of Dynasty Degenerates. And what we were going to do was crowdsource each pick. But then we decided, let's let's focus on a select group of individuals. Uh, we had the 40 guys. Uh, who else did we have in this mock? We had some people that are uh, really active. A lot of the Heisman and, uh, OGs were in there. A lot of the Heisman OGs, some people that are active with Scott Connor, um, and a lot Jordan Backus, a lot of people who are really tapped in to the Dynasty space and make them make the decisions, right? We didn't want to crowdsource it. We wanted people to actually look at these landing spots, look at draft capital, and then do a mock. So this may be one of the, uh, I don't know, I'm just going to say we're the first people to do it like this. That's what we do. We, we try to be innovative. And what what we need to do now, folks, this is this is where I think we're at. I think at this point we have a good idea who the top talent-wise, who the top five running backs are, right? We saw Trey McBride's pro day yesterday, 4-5-3. He's tight end one. Again, this tight end class, a lot of hopeful potential guys, but no locked and loaded superstars like we thought Kyle Pitts or Pat Fryermuth would be. Um, but, but, but what we're going to do here is look at draft capital, look at landing spot, and then conduct a mock draft. And as we did this exercise, based on draft, draft capital matters, right? And we're looking at the mock that we took a look at on Monday from um, Chad Reuter from NFL.com. So we took that draft capital, those landing spots, and did a four-round super flex rookie mock draft. So just to remind y'all of sort of what that looked like, right? So let's just real quick, let's pull this up. Let's blow it up kind of big. So we'll, we'll reference this uh, throughout throughout the throughout the mock. So just remember, 
there's Detroit, Willis at two, Atlanta, Kenny Pickett at three, Matt Corral. So you add, you know, five quarterbacks within the top 15. First receiver off of the board, you got Drake London there at 11, Garrett Wilson at 19, all the way, you know, the second round, Pickens and Sky Moore to Green Bay. They double tapped wide receiver with Traylon Burks and Sky Moore. So we'll keep this. I know it's kind of small, but as we make the picks, we'll talk about where they were um, in this mock. So we'll uh, we'll move this down. I'm actually going to take this off, Jay. Let me take the wake up thing so we got a little more screen real estate uh, to play with. But we'll keep this down here as we go through this super flex mock draft. And I'll just say, as we did this, man, by the time the second round rolled around, like 205, I was over it. I was like, yuck. Like if 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 this is how this thing is going to play out. I just no thank you. I, I don't know, man. It looked bad. It looked a lot worse than just drafting off of ADP and talent. When you when you take the hypothetical situation of this is where the NFL values some of these players, and then you have to make a decision, it got ugly quick, man. And I intentionally I drafted out of the one eleven spot. It is a snake draft. Jay, you were where were you at? You were one hundred two. I was the opposite end. Yeah, one hundred two. Yeah, you went you went one hundred two. All right. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's let's make that a little bit smaller. Let's move that down. We'll probably have to move it out of the damn way, but let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So the first round of this mock, are there any questions right now? Let's see. Let's see. Before we get to it, I'm trying to like delay. Trying to, trying to build up. Build up. All right. The first round of this mock looked like this. So we've got, uh, go ahead and read it off, Jay. I need to do something with the overlays. So we got Malik Willis at 101, Brees Hall, 102, Matt Corral, 103, Kenneth Walker, 104, Kenny Pickett, 105, Drake London, 106. So, Ray, where are you at with this? I was kind of surprised to see Malik Willis go 101 because even though he's going to Detroit, we saw that Brees Hall in the second round went to the Jets, a situation that is wide open. You know, there's Michael Carter there. Obviously, if they add Brees Hall, they're not going to add anybody else, but an offense we believe is ascending. So I think that's kind of my first debate is at 101-102, are you going to be going after Malik Willis in Detroit, who they did also bring in George Pickens in this mock mm-hmm. as well, or would you prefer Brees Hall playing for the Jets? Because that's the ultimate question is, is Brees Hall still the 101 if he goes in the second round and then Malik Willis goes 103 to the Detroit Lions or 102 to the Detroit Lions? Okay. Before I get into that, I, I've got I've to just rant. I just have to rant real quick. GQ rant. John, I love you. Thank you for tapping in. We appreciate it. John said that last mock was horrible. My question is, what makes a mock good? They're all trash. They're all bad. Like, people want to see what they want to see, right? You want to see what you think you want to see, what you've seen for the past four months. You want to see Kyle Hamilton at two. You want to see Sauce Gardner at three. You want, like, what makes a mock bad? Right. Everybody's everybody's putting forth a guess. And we had this conversation. Oh, there's no way five quarterbacks are going to go in the top 15. Well, first of all, three of the quarterbacks drafting it's three of the teams drafting inside the top 10 without a trade already need quarterbacks. Detroit, Atlanta and Carolina are all inside the top 10. So essentially, the only thing happened that was off schedule in this mock are two teams traded up to take a quarterback, which is conceivably possible. Carolina, Detroit, and Atlanta are already selecting inside the top 10 of the draft. So while you may not think Atlanta should trade up to three to take Kenny Pickett, well, if they want Kenny Pickett and they're sitting at eight, 
Carolina's already rumored to have them him locked and loaded. So if Atlanta wants a quarterback, they're going to have to get ahead of Carolina, right? So what team in the NFL draft would say, you know what, we'll move back a couple of spots? What makes a mock horrible? We saw running, no running backs win in round one. Pretty good start, right? Quarterbacks going in round one. Maybe they went a little higher for your particular taste buds, but this is a conceivable outcome that can happen. And the better you prepare yourself when you game plan for every scenario, the better prepared you will be in your rookie mocks to get on the clock and be able to react instead of seeing the draft saying, oh my God. I never thought this would happen. Now I don't know what the fuck to do. So you practice. You look at different situations. You look at different scenarios. And the more we did this, I was like, the only thing that people are bitching about are the fact that five quarterbacks went early when we've seen this happen before. We've seen teams that need quarterbacks take Blaine Gabbert and Jake Lockard and Christian Ponder and EJ Manuel and all these other shitty quarterbacks early in NFL drafts. The only thing that changed in here are two teams who both need quarterbacks, Tennessee and Pittsburgh, traded up to get their guy. I, I don't understand what makes a mock good or bad if it if it varies from what you're used to seeing. Neither here nor there. Malik Willis goes to, at, at, at number one overall. Not shocking to me. He's the first quarterback off the board, number two overall pick. It's super flex. You want to take Malik over Hall, I'm not going to argue it. Brees Hall in this mock went at the top of the second to the Jets, and he selected at 102 ahead of Matt Corral, who went number, number six overall to Carolina. Listen, that's a good spot for these quarterbacks, man. I still think Brees Hall at the top for me, um, but Matt Corral over Kenny Walker, who's getting a lot of hype as RB1 in the class now. Um, yep. Matt Corral goes to Carolina, number six overall. I'm taking him over Kenneth Walker, uh, second round running back to Houston. That's that's just where I'm at with it. My question to you is if Kenny Pickett goes three to Atlanta, do you take Pickett over Kenneth Walker? Oh, man, I don't know. I just... Oh, that's so tough because quarterback well, I like super flex. It, that that team is in disarray. You know, it's that's that's the problem is they're just they're not a good team. And not to say that every quarterback has to go to a good situation, but I don't know if I believe in Atlanta to even rebuild it right. Right. That's that's part of the problem, too. I think that I would be willing. I think I would be I'd consider it. You know, this is kind of where Kenny Pickett started was about 104, 105. So we'll see. We'll see. But I, I think there's a world where I would take Pickett over Walker. But in Houston, like you said, if he's if he's good and we believe Davis Mills is good, then he's going to get a lot of work in that offense. And that's that's for me why I, I think that it's a toss up. And you go either way. If you if you think super flex, I'm going to take Pickett. I'm fine with it. If you want to go with running back and go with Walker, I'm fine with it as well. But Atlanta is not not my favorite landing spot in the draft. That's for sure. I, I, Joe, Joe said it feels like when Ray's teaching, he feels like he's yelling at me. I love y'all. I got to get it through your heads. I got I to gotta pound it home. It's the passion, baby. It's the passion, Joe. We're all teaching. We're all learning here. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Kenny Pickett goes number three to Atlanta. <sighs> I might take him at it's, one. I might again, again yeah. it's, still, it's still just, it's just that the if, draft slot is too high. But if they believe in him, why are we not? believing yeah. in him right yeah that's yeah. That's, that's, I, that's the devil's advocate in my head that i'm just like at the end of the day if these teams believe in these players yeah. we should be believing in them because again it's the closest chance they'll ever have to an opportunity it's an opportunity yeah. to get an opportunity and, and that's what the draft right. really tells us more than anything all right else. let's let's power through these next we had four straight wide receivers off of the board 
Drake London, J-Mo, Traylon, and Garrett Wilson. So let's just talk landing spots real quick. Drake London went 11 overall to the Commanders. Jamison Williams went 21 overall to Kansas City. Traylon Burks was Green Bay's uh, first wide receiver choice at 28. And Garrett Wilson went to Philadelphia at pick 19. Do you agree with this order? I think if this happens, Jamison Williams will be the wide receiver one. Number one. I think I think Jama would go one, even with the torn ACL. I think Traylon would probably go two in the Green Bay situation, and then flip flop Drake London, Garrett Wilson. I don't I don't know how that would play out, to be honest with you. Um, again, we're just I'm kind of with I'm, you though. I'm I, and, with you. and and let's preface this that I still believe I would take my wide receiver one, which is Drake London, regardless of the landing spot if given draft capital, because I believe in the talent. But the point of this exercise is to see what everybody else would do, right? Not what we think is the right thing to do, but when when fire is to ass and you have to make a pick, what's going to happen when you're looking at what rounds these guys drafted in? And what I think will happen is J-Mo will be, get bumped up to one. I think Burks will be two. And then I, we'll see what happens with Wilson and, and, and London and Olave. Now, in this mock, Isaiah Spiller still went the back of the first round. He went 110. We gave him the benefit of the doubt because he was not included in the first four rounds of this mock. We just said he was the first pick in the fifth round. So you're not even an early day two pick. You're a mid day two pick closer to the end of the draft than you are the top of the draft. And he still went 10 overall. There's no way. There's no way. No not for how. me. No way. If he if he falls out of day two, he's no longer a first round pick. Period, man. Like. You can make a very, you can make an argument that if he goes like the top of the fourth, the very first couple of picks of day three, maybe if the landing spot is prime, if it's like it, and I don't even know if Atlanta has a top pick in the fourth, but if it's Atlanta at the top of the fourth, um, it, it's got to be just a chef's kiss landing spot. Isaiah Spiller, fifth-round pick, no way in hell he should be a first-round rookie pick. Zero, zero. Take the value in the mid back of the second, but don't take him at 110. I was at 111. I didn't want to make this pick, but if Sam Howell gets drafted 14th overall to Tennessee and it's super flex, I can't take a wide receiver over him. I, I can't take a third round running back over him. Uh, so I went with Sam Howell at the 111 spot. And at 112, Chris Olave, who was selected by the Jets at 127, was the 112 in this first round of this uh, super flex rookie mock. So let's pivot to round two and round two. Let's talk about it. Desmond Ritter came off the board at the top of the second, second, not sexant, second at the top of the second, 201. Thursday, Thursday. Damn it, Ray, you're egging them on. Thirsty Thursdays, the top of the sexton. Um, uh, Desmond Ritter, 201. He was drafted at 112 by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think this is, if that happened, man, this would be a steal. I'm not the biggest Desmond Ritter fan. Um, I'm not the biggest Ritter fan, but if he goes 112 to Pittsburgh and you're getting a top 15 quarterback at the top of the second, good good selection um, right there in my opinion. I was at the 202, and I think I made the first mistake of this draft. I think I made, I think I made the, I think I made a mistake. I really do. Why? Um, I took Sky Moore at 2-2. Sky Moore was selected in this mock by Green Bay in the second round, and I think that was a mistake. He was the second wide receiver selected by Green Bay. They had already taken Traylon at the first. 
Pick 53 is towards the back part of round two. I think what most Dynasty gamers would have done in this situation, and I'm just being real, I think most Dynasty gamers would have taken James Cook. James Cook in this mock went to Kansas City. And while I don't believe in this talent of James Cook being a feature back at the NFL, he gets drafted by Kansas City. I think we see him go towards the back of the first, early second, even if it's just value. Even if you don't believe in the player, like he's going to have massive value being on Kansas City. And if you don't believe in the player, it gives you an opportunity to trade him. I think taking Sky Moore at 202 was a mistake. I admitted it to the crowd. I, I, I just... If, if, if the draft plays out this way, again, some of y'all might be tapping in early or tapping in right now. It's based on this mock landing spot and draft capital. I don't think you could take a wide receiver, the second wide receiver that Green Bay took, over a second round running back in James Cook. I think that was a mistake. At really? So I you, do. I you, really do, man. So you believe that you, you believe that you, but would you take James Cook? Even though, like, I get, we get the Kansas City landing spot. We get the crowded backfield. But you would take James Cook, like, regardless of when he was drafted. Like, you could make that case about a lot of players. But with Sky Moore, again, you're taking him in a spot that we already like. We think the fit is much better for Sky Moore than it is for Traylon Burks. I, th I thought you were going to say that about Zamir White, not about James Cook. Because while James Cook going to Kansas City is a great landing spot, are we going to be drafting players high in the second round because of landing spot? Are we actually drafting them based off talent? Right. This is the this is the conundrum that we always talk about. What do you what do you me, talk? What do you got on the screen right now? This individual right here has been tapped into GQ for a long time. The comment says sweatpants, no draws, swag, Ray. If you tapped in when I worked with Roto Underworld and I started the Futurecast uh, show, you know that the player he's talking about is George Pickens. Uh, the title that sh yeah, sweatpants, no underwear. They know exactly what I'm talking about. Shout out, man. You've been tapped into to GQ for a while. You've been tapped in. That was an old Roto Underworld reference from uh, 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 over a year ago. But uh, funny shit, man. Funny shit. All right. Sorry. I I, I just think I, I, I don't think I would have taken Sky Moore at 2-2. Like, I don't. I, I would have known there would have been a sucker in my league to fall for the James Cook to, to, James Cook to Kansas City uh, landing spot, and I could have capitalized on that. I think it was a mistake. And if I was going to take a wide receiver, I should have gone George Pickens, who came off the board at pick 34 to Detroit. That's basically a first-round pick. He was the second pick in the second round. That's T. Higgins territory. That's like Michael Pittman Jr. I should have gone George Pickens. So I, I, I regretted that one after I made that selection. Jahan Dotson came off the board at 2-4. In this mock, he was drafted 49th overall, top 50 selection by New Orleans. Good running bait for Michael Thomas. Christian Watson at 205 came off of the board. In this mock, he was selected by Pittsburgh at 52. So maybe finding a replacement for Chase Claypool. Maybe they're like, we're not going to pay him. We're going to roll with Deontay Johnson, and we're going to roll with Christian Watson moving forward with Desmond Ritter slinging the ball around. I considered at 202, Zamir White, who came off the board at 206. Zamir in this mock, I think, hit a home run landing spot. He was selected in the third round by the New Orleans Saints. Uh, we have yet to talk about Alvin Kamara and the potential uh, uh, suspension that he could face for his altercation at the Pro Bowl, but neither here nor there. Uh, New Orleans have sh has shown an ability to support two running backs in that backfield, Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara. I think Zamir White would be a perfect replacement for a uh, 
for a Mark Ingram type role, right? They've been looking for a guy. Yeah. Tony Jones isn't it? Uh, they tried a bunch of guys. Devon Zigbo. This would be a this would be a phenomenal landing spot for either Brian Robinson or Zamir White. So I think Zamir, Zamir White. White at two hundred six is a fantastic spot. We had a lot of conversation about this spot, this pick at two hundred seven. And I talked to the individual who made this pick because I wanted to make sure we gave gave him some defense here. Because I would not have selected Carson Strong here at 207, even in Superflex. Carson Strong was selected in the third round by Indianapolis, pick 73. So a top 75 pick, third round to the Colts, probably has to sit behind Matt Ryan for a couple of years. But again, with James Cook still being on the board, with Jerome Ford having gone to Buffalo, and I know it was in the fourth round, uh, I, I just don't know if I'd take a third-round quarterback over over a second-round running back in Kansas City or even some of these running backs that hit good landing spots like a Jerome Ford to Buffalo. Um, but his thinking was, listen, he's the last quarterback that actually could become something. He's in a good spot to sit and learn. He's got the talent. Um, and the quarterback value in super flex leagues, they're insulated, right? I don't know about a third-round quarterback. That would be my thing right here. What did you think about the Carson Strong pick? I don't hate it, right? I believe that if you're going to take a quarterback, you probably got to take him there. Like realistically, how much further is he going to fall? Um, I think that I think you can you can make the case, right? Because we saw Davis Mills, we saw Kellen Mond, same type of draft pick, right? Third round pick. No one really believed in them. Kind of forgotten guys. It's just Carson Strong was kind of pegged this potential first round pick. Now he's fallen, right? It's kind of like the Isaiah Spiller thing. Isaiah Spiller is supposed to be this top running back. If he doesn't get drafted high, well, then he's going to slip. But is he going to slip as far as he should? based on the draft capital. And I think that's kind of what's happening with Carson Strong. Is that he's a borderline first-round pick. You know, he goes in the third in this mock. The landing spot isn't terrible, but he should probably be a little bit further. If you can get him, like you said, back at the second, early third, I would love it. 207, again, get your guy. It's not terrible. Like, am I really reaching for da- – am I dying to get David Bell at two se- at 208? Mm-hmm. Not really. It's a fine landing spot in Chicago in the third. Your point about James Cook is valid for sure. Um, but I, I don't hate it. I, th- I think, you know, there's a couple of cases that can be made, but it wasn't egregious overall for me. Okay. All right. So David Bell came off at 208. David Bell was selected. Where did he go? To Chicago. We're seeing Chicago. that a lot. We're seeing that a lot. David Bell to Chicago seems like a natural fit. And then 2-9. I, I, again, say what you want about the player. Let's just talk about if this were to happen. James Cook to Kansas City in the second round. You're getting this running back at 2-9. I think that's a steal. I think that's a steal. Regardless if you believe in the player or not, you will be able to trade him. There's so much narrative around this, too. Dalvin Cook's little brother played at Georgia, drafted by the Chiefs. Somebody in your league will want that just because of that. So to get that running back, a second, the literally the last running back that got draft capital, right? He went in the same round as Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. There were only two running backs yep. selected in the second round. I think that's what we're looking at with the NFL draft, man. Like, that's why when I say, is it a bad mock? You only had two running backs in round two. That's probably realistically what it's probably. And if and if, and if I had to bet money right now, <clears throat> you know, we're degenerate gamblers, Jay. We are, <laughs> we are degenerate gamblers. If I had to make a bet over under running backs between round one, round two, three and a half, I'd take the under. And if it's going to be, if you're asking me today, I think the third running back off of the board today, based on everything we're hearing, Good chance it's James Cook coming off the board after Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. All right, at 210, Rashad White came off the board. White was selected by Denver in this mock in, what is it, the fourth round? Third round. Third, Third round, round running back uh, to Denver. I don't really like it personally. 
Well, he's, he's a backup, right? There's nothing we yeah. can do about it at that point. And it's just yeah. one of those, like you said, RB4 in the process, in the tape grades. But if he goes and he's not going to beat out Javante Williams, we know that. No, uh, so no, no, His no. healing is capped at that point. And, and I think 210 is fine because of how we've seen Denver use running backs. But ultimately, it, he can only go so high at that point. And we're just, so let's, I guess, let's, waiting for him to get an opportunity. Let's talk Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford goes to Buffalo. Jerome Ford to Buffalo in the fourth round. How high does he go? You know, is 211 within the range of outcomes for Jerome Ford? I think it depends on what people believe of, of Jerome Ford. You know, I've seen conflicting reports. Some people think he could go high. Like, some people think he's, you know, third, fourth round pick. And for us, he's, you know, been in the third round for the most part because, again, what people need to remember is that he was still a highly touted prospect. He was still a running back at Alabama. He just chose to go another direction, went to Cincinnati and produced there at a very high level. If he's to go to Buffalo, though, and, and this is literally just me saying, okay, he didn't get the high draft capital, but no one did. And at that point, I'm only taking guys that didn't get high draft capital. So do I want to go after the guy who only is competing with Devin Singletary and Zach Moss? I like Devin Singletary. But I think there's a world where Jerome Ford is just as good, if not more, if not better, in that offense. And so for me, I was like at 211, I could take Mechie, who went at 212, because I like Mechie a lot as well out of Alabama. He went at the top of the third in this mock. But I decided to go with Jerome Ford on the upside that if he's the starting running back in Buffalo, I could flip him for a first, guaranteed, right? If, yeah. if, if he ends up being the starting running back in Buffalo, he is worth the first round pick. And that's no questions asked. All right. John Mechie at 212. And in this mock, he was selected by Jacksonville at the top of the third now we get to banana land banana land third round where it just it just got ugly real quick all right it 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 it, it was yeah all right so let's go through it trey mcbride came off the board at 301 this was not tight in premium in this mock he was selected by the giants at the top of the third kyron williams was 502 in this mock we gave him the highest benefit of the doubt behind isaiah spiller and the fifth round running back comes off the board at 3-2. No thank you. No thank you. It's not not quite get your guy's season yet. Wondell Robinson went 3-3. He was selected by Kansas City at pick 94. Third round pick by the Kansas City Chiefs. Wondell Robinson comes off at 3-3. Jelani Woods at 3-4. And Jelani Woods came off this board uh, to Cincinnati at the back of the second, which I think is a realistic possibility. Uh, they don't really have a tight end of consequence. They lost C.J. Uzama. No one believes in Drew Sample. Uh, I like it. Didn't they? Now, they did pick up somebody in free agency, I believe. I'm, I'm, the name is for, uh, is escaping me. But this Was big it Hayden athletic Hurst? Titan, was it Hayden Hurst? Did they get Hayden Hurst? I think it was hate. That's a good I call. It, I think it was hate. I think Hayden it might be. I think it might think be. It Let me Hurst. look it up. All right. All right. Jelani Woods at 3-4. Jalen Tolbert comes off the board at 3-5. Tolbert was selected in this mock. Where did Tolbert go? He went to Cleveland, right outside of that, right inside top 100. Pick 99 to Cleveland. Favorite pick in this draft, Brian Robinson at 3-0-6. B-Rob was selected by Tennessee in the fourth round. I mean, the 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 Monstars get even more Monstari with Brian Robinson and Derrick Henry in that backfield. Two Alabama running mates, two bruisers, take a load off of Derrick Henry. I like this spot. I would have taken uh, Brian Robinson at the top of the third if it were me. Pierre Strong comes off the board at 307. Uh, was he selected in this mock? I don't think he was. So he was a fifth rounder. Fifth yeah, yeah, rounder he, or late. Oh, no, no, no. Pierre Strong went to, he went to Tampa Bay. 
Tampa Bay in the fourth round, like it. Damian Pierce was the one that was not selected um, in this in this mock draft, so he was a fifth-round pick. Damian Pierce comes off the board at 308. Khalil Shakir at 309. He was selected by New England, so there goes Mac Jones's help. Justin Ross comes off the board at 310. He was a fourth-round pick to Baltimore. Justin Ross goes to Baltimore. I have zero interest in Justin Ross if he goes to Baltimore. I took Calvin Austin at 311, panicking. OGQ was panicking. Took Calvin Austin. He was the Houston Texans third round selection, top 70 pick at 311. And Kevin Harris, player that I I still am high on. I had Kevin Harris coming into the college football season as a top five back before he broke his damn back um, and kind of fell off the map this year. You go look at Kevin Harris, what he did in the SEC uh, in his redshirt sophomore season, over 1,100 yards on the ground, 25-plus receptions at 220 pounds in 10 games in the SEC. It was an absolute monster. So Kevin Harris at 312 in this mock. And again, Harris was not selected. So you're talking about... One, two, two fifth, two, three fifth round or later running backs being drafted in the third. The historical hit rate of those guys, we went through this the other day. It's less than like 10%. Less than, I think it's less yeah. than like 5% that they'll ever be top six backs, less than 10% that they'll ever be top 12 backs, and less than 20% that they'll even be top 24 running backs when you're selected later than the fourth round. So just not good bets. Take your dart throws. But just historically, not good bets with these running backs who are not selected within the first three or four rounds, right? Just not good bets. And let's finish it out with the fourth round where it just, it, I mean. Nasty. I just don't even want him. Like, what are we, like Bam Knight, like him, sleeper, fine. He's a fifth, sixth round pick. Bam Knight comes off the board at 4-1. Ty Chandler, my sleeper of sleepers. If I were going to say there were who's my Elijah Mitchell of this class, which I'm not saying that, but if I were going to say it, it would be Ty Chandler out of UNC. Tyler Algier, not selected in this mock, so more fifth, sixth-round running backs here at the top of the fourth. Alex Pier- Alec Pierce at 4-4, I think this was probably a really good pick. I mean, he came off the yeah. board to Dallas, you know? Dallas Cowboys selected him in the fourth round. Fits a position in need instead of spinning up for Traylon Burks. Just wait, get the athletic Antoine Pierce um, in the fourth round of the NFL draft, and you're picking up a wide receiver on a very good offense at the 4-4 spot. I like it. Jerion Ely at 4-5. No thank you. He's little. He's not going to be anything of consequence at the next level. Loved him at Ole Miss, but no thank you. Vellis Jones getting a lot of hype right now, and he was selected in this mock by Indy. Uh, top 150 pick, right? Fourth round, uh, 122 overall to Indianapolis. Vellis Jones, good chance to maybe carve out a role with Matt Ryan and company in that offense. Greg Dolchich, I think this was a great pick because he came off the board in the second round. So if you're going to take a tight end. Tight end one. Tight end one, um, and a lot of people love him, man. He was a top 50 pick. You're getting a tight end. Most of us playing tight end premium leagues here at the 4-7 spot. I like Dolchitz. He's my tight end two in this class. Good pick. Tyler Goodson, he was drafted by Baltimore in this mock at the back of the fourth round. Uh, he comes off the board at 408. I was not high on Tyler Goodson. If he gets his draft capital, it would definitely help uh, bump up his, uh, his ranking in my model. Keontae Ingram, not drafted or, or drafted in the fifth round or later. Comes off the board at 409. Tyler Beatty, Batty, like him a lot. Kind of an underrated sleeper. 410. Again, drafted fifth round or later in this mock. Brock Purdy. Don't hate on Brock Purdy now. No. Don't hate on Brock Purdy. No. No. 
And then Chig, the other tight end, who I don't even, I honestly don't even know. Um, he came off the board in the third round. Is this the guy from Maryland that was super athletic? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Take him at 412. Sure. sure. Exactly. So there it is. There goes. Jay, my takeaway is, man, when we get. Where's the cutoff got, point, Ray? Where's the cutoff point? We got we to gotta tell the people. I, I honestly think it's like maybe 205, 206. I at, think, like we I said think 206, and point, I think it's earlier than that. <sighs> I'm pretty. If, people if, need to prepare if, if, for disappointment, man. Like this is this is why I think this exercise is so important for people who just widespread take here. It's it's important to realize that we as fantasy gamers are eternally optimistic. Everyone's always, going in the first always, round, second always, round. Everybody, everyone's getting everybody, a prime landing everybody. spot. You need to prepare yourself for this level of disappointment because not everybody's going to go to a great spot. I think Brian Robinson is a perfect case of a player that we like, think can have a role. And then he goes and becomes Derrick Henry's backup, and we're like, ah, forget it. I'm out. He's not playing for two, three years. There's no point of drafting him. So for me, it's like this is a great exercise. While the quarterbacks, I like, get it. They went high, whatever. Their values didn't really change in this mock. They went a little bit higher than they usually do. But it, it, these the second, third-round players, it's about them and, and where they're going. And, and if this is the type of situations we're going to find for these players, I'm out at, like, pick 16. I just am. It, it's, it's like Lindsey Max saying – this is a good reality check for everyone who believes 100%. that there is this draft is 20 deep, 24 deep. You know, it, originally it was this draft stinks. Then it's like this draft is awesome. Everyone's so fast. And then you see this type of situation play out and you're like, yeah, maybe it's not that great. And maybe we need to temper our expectations. 16 picks. And I think I'm pretty much good. Those late it, second it, round picks, it I'm was trading them away. They're gone. It was eye opening for me, man, as, as we did this. And this, this was like, Best case scenario, you got all the quarterbacks early. They came off the yeah. board. Like it was best it's best case scenario and then what happens if Spiller isn't a, you know, day 2 pick, right? Like it just gets ugly quick, man. When I'm at 111 and I'm like, man, I got to take Sam Howell here. Like fuck, man. Like fine. You know, I'll take the quarterback. Yeah. I'm tell for me, man, the cutoff point the cutoff point if if stuff if we get best case scenario, like Zamir White, I'm out. Like after that, like I don't want any of the other running backs. Like I'm fine. If I don't get Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Zamir White, if it plays out this way and Spiller's a fifth round pick, which I don't think, I, personally, I think he's still going to go in round three. I think it's going to happen, uh, which will help. But man, it, it is, like I don't care. I don't care if I miss out on Carson Strong or David Bell or Rashad White or Jerome Ford or John Mechie. Like, Maybe sub in, get a Trey McBride up there, get him in there. I'll take him at 2-7. But ultimately, like, as we did this, we're all talking to each other like, can I trade? Can I just trade for a 2023 yeah. second? Like, if you, want my second, yeah. Yeah, if you want my 208 and you give me a 2023 second, I'll trade you right now on the clock. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out, yeah. though. Like, I don't... Yeah, virtually no difference for me between the late second and the late third. Like, I think the range of outcomes for all those players completely in play and you're not getting any value if you're picking at the top of the or the back of the second like i just i don't believe that taking those shots are any better than taking shots later in the draft you might as well trade those picks away get some value maybe get some players if someone really wants to go they love john mechie they think he's going to be the alpha in jacksonville let him take him like honestly just let him Brees take him hall, because at that point not today worth it. with what we know Brees hall kenneth walker 
these three quarterbacks, those receivers, London, Williams, Burks, Wilson, like that's all I want, right? Like I, I'm I, no, nah, come I, on, you. Wait, you wait, would wait, be wait. Fine I'm, talking, I'm talking. I'm talking first round. I'm talking first round. I'd be fine with it, but I still don't think. I still don't think he's some elite. I don't think he's some game changer in fantasy. We're talking fantasy points. I think he's a very good NFL fit wide receiver. I don't think he's gonna be some fantasy superstar. I don't. I do not. I do not. And if and, I'm wrong, and that's if I'm that's wrong, fine. I'm fine. I'm not trying to say he should be a fantasy superstar, but at the same time, what I'm looking at across the landscape is like, are we really going to just pass on a, he could be a mid first round pick and you're getting him at the back of the first. And rookie I draft. would rather, I would people rather are still have, hesitant, which is where I'm just I like, I would rather you know, have Jahan at some point, Leon the draft capital. I'd rather have Jahan Dotson and George Pickens. I would, I'd rather have after those big four, I'd rather have George Pickens, Jahan Dotson. And then I'd probably roll Olave sky more Christian Watson. That's just me. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but what my, my point is after those, those are the guys that I want, right? Like I want them. Like if I, if I'm like, I want somebody, it's those nine. And then after that, I, I'd be fine with pivoting, man. If you believed, if somebody believed in Chris Olave to that degree or Pickens to that degree, and they would trade me a 20, a random 2023 first for my pick on the clock, which you probably could do based on some landing spot draft capital. I would do it, man. It, it was, we need to do this again with another mock. Let's get another mock and do that because this was eye-opening as we did this. By the time we got to the third round, I didn't give a fuck, man. I was like, whatever. Like, I don't care about any of these yeah. guys. Like, I, I just don't. I didn't care about any of them. By the time we got there, yeah, I talked all this shit. Ty Chandler's my guy. He's my Elijah Mitchell sleeper <laughs> kind of guy. But <laughs> if I don't get him, I'm not crying, right? I, I'm, I'm fine. And when we look at the depth of the 2023 class, and I'm even looking at some of those running backs that are projected to be second-round backs, man. I know he's an itty-bitty, itty-bitty little tiny little running back, but I think Deuce Vaughn's got a better chance of being a PPR, oh, yeah. a PPR weapon than some of these running backs. I'm telling you, I've been saying it. The receipts are out there. I think Deuce Vaughn is going to get drafted a lot higher than people think, and if he can carve out a Danny Woodhead-type role— and he's a black guy, so I'm not making the white for white for white uh, running back comparison. If he can carve out that type of PPR role, a juiced up Boston Scott, he, he really. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of similarities between one Darren Sproles, both playing at Kansas State. I would take him in PPR leagues before I take any of these running backs in round three. You know what I mean? Round four. So it was it was an eye opening exercise. Uh, for me and I do think that we should do this a couple of more times just to see what would happen if shit actually plays out uh, this way for the NFL draft but there it is there goes Chad Reuter shout out to Reuter for letting us use uh, his mock well he didn't really let us but we just used his open source product thank you Chad appreciate Appreciate it Chad appreciate it NFL.com and I appreciate everybody in here right everybody in here who taps in with us Every single day, we appreciate y'all. We appreciate the engagement in the comments. Um, you know, we, we want this to be an interactive show. So if you can, hit the like button. Uh, hit that thumbs up button. Set the alerts. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to the podcast feed. Subscribe to the newsletter. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of cool giveaway stuff with our partners. Prize picks, pristine auction, all of that good stuff. But we appreciate y'all tapping in this week. We'll be back next week. We'll see what madness happens. I think we'll do it again. Let's look at a mock on Monday, Jay. Uh, whether it's Jordan Reed, somebody at the Giraffe Network, Mel Kuyper, somebody. Let's look at a mock. 
and then we'll do this again and see what changes based on landing spot and draft capital. I think now at this point, these are the valuable exercises, not going through who we got ranked at. one. At this point, all your rankings are, are locked in. No one's going to change how you feel about these guys. So let's talk about them in context of when and where they get drafted. I think that's a more useful exercise at this point in time. But we appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Y'all have a fantastic weekend. Be safe. Stay blessed. Stay out of trouble, Jasmine. We'll be back on Monday. Wake y'all ass over Ray G. We out. Peace.